Welcome to Save It for the Blind podcast. Today we're talking with Amelia Curry and Tim Devanis on fundraising. How are you doing, guys? Doing good. Thanks for having us. <laughs> what about you, Tim? Very good. Thank you. I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. <laughs> How's Idaho been enjoying retired? Yeah. <laughs> right. Enjoying life. Enjoying retired life. Waiting, waiting for the birds to arrive. Hey, that's all you can hope for, huh? <laughs> They're coming. I see that cooler that's weather it. on the forecast. That's it. <laughs> How's Idaho been? Enjoy. Idaho's good. Idaho turned a little bit chilly finally, so we'll, uh, you know, it's time to go big game hunting. So it's time. <laughs> there you go. Have you been up to anything fun lately? I know you were talking about some elk. I'm leaving uh, Sunday to go to Montana to help my buddy up there, but we have been shooting some doves. Ooh. We did get a, did get a pretty good dove shoot, so... That's it. That's it. Other than that, my wife has me busy doing chores. <laughs> Working on that bathroom remodel. <laughs> <laughs> All you know, now that you're retired, it's time to help her, huh? Time to help her. Yep. Do my chores. Yeah, that honey to do list has been growing for a few years. <laughs> I mean, it's it's only right. What about you, Amelia? Uh, staying busy. I'm getting ready to officially go on maternity leave in a month from today. Ah. So it's just crunch time, getting everybody ready for my departure for that couple months. Yeah. So a little nervous because we've got a few new guys here, but I think they'll be all right. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, you've been a great leader for them, you know, up until this point anyways. So, I Thanks. mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's probably an easy transition, even though it I seems sure hard probably so. for you. Yeah, <laughs> it's really hard to let go and let them do what they're been training to do. So we're getting ready to ramp up into our busy season, as Timmy knows, like yeah. October, November is just crunch time for everybody. So getting my team ready and getting those guys ready to make money for CWA, it's about to go it's go big or go home right now basically oh my so gosh crunch yeah, time. and like you know with new merchandise coming through and you have been just recently talking about going on a deer hunt oh yeah how how is that and what's the process for that um so it's kind of up in the air right now um i just got invited to do a it's gonna be pretty much solo because That's exciting. i'll be on maternity leave and everybody else <laughs> will be working so but it's on a family friend's property um and he invited me out to do he said he'd set up the blind for me he'd set up everything for me just to bring my bow and you know do the work and just give him a call whenever if i do take an animal and he'll come help me process it because obviously i can't yeah. do the heavy lifting myself <laughs> i mean i can do it but he does you know being maybe eight months pregnant is probably not the ideal yeah. thing but I mean, how cool would that be to be eight months pregnant and shoot a buck with my bow? Like, yeah, I just think it'd be super cool. But it's just doing it and calming my nerves and actually like maybe hopefully being successful. But one day at a time, see if I can get out there and get it done. But yeah, knows? I mean, and like even being able to tell, you know, your kid down the line, I, I went and did this when I was eight months pregnant with, with you. you. And yeah. that would just be such a cool story, even with or without, you know, shooting anything or, you know, being successful. I mean, still just going out there and doing it yeah. is a task that probably not many mothers have the opportunity to do, you know. So yeah. I think you got it. We'll see. I, I hope so. I know everybody's giving me a hard time because I'm due in November and it's like right in the heat of duck season. Yeah, it's a little bit slower, <laughs> but I'm going to be missing on a lot of hunting this year, which is going to be like my first year kind of, Riding the bench, but for all good reasoning, I'm excited right. either way. But I'm like, all right, we'll just bring this kiddo along with us in the next few seasons. Yeah. So we'll so catch on before it. no time. Exactly. You're going to have a third person ready to hunt. Okay. So you're going to have extra hands. Yeah, maybe blow on a duck haul better than Timmy, but who knows? <laughs> I have to take them on their first turkey hunt. Yeah, yeah, there you go. You took me on, I think you, I was with you for my very first turkey harvest. So I think yep. I've, I've got three now under my belt, but Timmy took me out to a property in the Butte Sink, and uh, while he was snoring, I uh, took a shot <laughs> at a bird. And uh, it's actually a pretty funny story, to be honest. Do you want to tell it to me, or do you want yeah. me to tell it? Yeah, let me hear that story, Tim. It was uh, There's it was two a nice sides to every, every story, though, so take his side first. No, Go ahead. It was a good, it was a, it was a good property. We, yeah. we knew there were birds in there. We had the permission, um, and we were in our little blind. I have a little blind that I use, and me and I were in there, and... We called in a long beard. He came in and I told Amelia, I said, kill him. <laughs> and she went bang. 
Shot just like just like Chatty said at convention. Shot right over the top of him. Hey, 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 hey. He <laughs> was snoring, first of all. He wasn't you know, even awake yet. I was I was snoring and he came in, she shot, she missed, he started to take off. I shot him and, and killed him. And so we sat there and I, there was a lot of birds. There was plenty of birds. And so I said, Well, I'll just sit here. We're not going anywhere. We didn't have anywhere to go. Yeah. And a few minutes later we heard a gobble and uh called in another bird and he was on the right hand side i said amelia killing she didn't miss this time ah yeah i uh she smacked him so i uh, was a little hesitant a lot of uh, me yeah a little hesitant i mean <laughs> she had a big old gobbler come in and hey you know what it happens if you're not missing you're not shooting yeah yeah that was a that was a good time it was my i've gone on hunts before but just it you know, it wasn't able to happen. Um, never really got a shot on a bird yet um, and within range. But with him, my side of the story, a little <laughs> bit different. Yes, ultimately I did miss the first shot, but this guy was snoring. So one, <laughs> I second guess, you know, we were out there for a while, watched some deer walk by, watched watch some young jakes walk by, and nothing was promising enough. And by the time Timmy getting a little shut eye over there, you know, all of a sudden you see this, you know, this fat Tom running straight for the decoys. And I was like, oh, my God, do I do I wake him up? Do I shoot this? And as I, you know, safety comes off, Timmy then wakes up and tells me to take him. So then I'm, you know, a little hesitant there and I just second guess myself. And, you know, sometimes you just have to know when to calm down, when yeah. to just take action and not, second guessing yourself nine times out of ten, you're going to. You'll miss. Right. I don't know. But like for me at least, and I definitely did. He t brings it up way too often, but um, <laughs> I got the job done later on. That's all that I really cared about. It was just, still, it was a Jake, but still I was just excited to get one under my belt and go from there. And now I've gone a few different times, harvested birds and have now taken other people myself. So, but that was definitely a good first experience with Timmy. It was really enjoyable. So is a Jake a younger we turkey? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm learning. And I took a, um, and in that same field, in the same field Amelia and I were in, I took a young, uh, a young man this year too. Really? His, his uncle called me. Yeah. His uncle called me and said, Hey, you know, can you, would you mind taking my nephew? He wants to kill a turkey so bad. And I said, well, I happen to be up here <laughs> and I'm not hunting tomorrow. So yeah, if you want me to take him, I'll take him. I said, we'll kill a bird. And Did you? he killed a big old guy. Yep. There you go. Yep. He killed just uh, just a little bit, probably 500 yards from where you and I were. Oh same field, same everything. Yep. He smacked a uh, he smacked a good one, so he was very very excited. There you go. So basically, if I so want to want to kill a turkey, I need to go with you, right? Sounds like you're the good luck charm. Hey, there's been a few I times practiced. we've gone out where we didn't see anything. We heard them gobble. <laughs> they were out there, but they just weren't working. Yeah. Did not work for the decoys. I'm a better I'm a better turkey caller than I am a duck caller. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, he know your strengths, right? There you go. You got to play off those. So, Amelia, I want to kind of pivot back to you, and I want to know a little bit about you, your background, how do you got involved with hunting, how you got involved with California waterfowl. I mean, how did – how did hunting even become a part of your life that now I feel like is very big kind of focal point for you and, you know, I feel like for your husband and kind of it is encompassed a lot of who you are. And so, like, how did all of that kind of come to be? So I grew up predominantly fishing, really. Mm -hmm. um, we definitely shot guns and stuff growing up, but I have there's a household of four girls. So I am the second in line uh, within my four sisters and myself. Um, so there was not necessarily a lot of hunting, but we definitely went fishing all the time, um, hiking, camping, you know, everything outdoors. So one thing led to another when I met my husband and he was already fishing and hunting and doing all that stuff. I yeah. kind of just fell right into place. So, yeah. you know, just hit the ground running with that. I was already exposed to the outdoors, animals, and just kind of my knowledge and my love for the outdoors just grew. Um, mm -hmm. So being able to um, come to CWA, which was now been, I think I got here in 20... 18 so six almost seven years give or take um it it clicked so finding yeah. and being in an industry and an organization that I can actually build off what I love doing and be surrounded by people who love doing the same things that I do 
it just has, I think, really shaped me on who I am as a person, as a hunter, as a woman, and just I've really like thrived off of that and meeting other people like Timmy and, you know, a few of the other guys here. Um, it's continued to push me to be a better hunter um, right. and be focused more on like my overall goals as an outdoors woman. So I just, I think personally starting out young, being outside is just kind of snowballed into what I'm doing now. And Absolutely. my husband, um, you know, we go out mostly together, but um, at times where he travels for work, I'll go out myself. Yeah, or as I'll you go mentioned. Out with friend- yeah, I'm like, I'll go out by myself if I can. Um, or with other friends, people who I know who are comfortable or who could teach me more. Um, so that's what I, I honestly, I think I would try to go out. And I try to take other people who don't know or like I've taken, I've taken my brother-in-law who's from um, uh, Great Britain, who's yeah. never hunted a day in his life. And <laughs> we, you know, kind of submerged him into our lifestyle. And I took him on his first turkey hunt a couple years ago and on a private property and I t- called a turkey in for him. Timmy would be so proud. <laughs> but called a turkey in for him, came right up to the decoys on the opposite side of the fence line. So we could not get him to commit to jumping the fence. And he stayed oh. there for almost like 45 minutes, you know, just kind of toying with us back and forth. So we ultimately didn't get the job done that day. But we went back and it was just just a good time being able to like pass on what I've learned over the yeah. years with other from other people like Tim and my husband to other people. So just as much as I can have the opportunity to learn more, I try to do that. So just being in this industry at this organization, it just helps doing that, helps you grow in that that field. I love it. Yeah. I mean and I mean and you have even talked with me about taking yeah. me out and and doing things like that, even though I I know nothing and I don't know nothing. But I I don't come from as much of the background that you have and you've been here for so much longer and there's even so much that I have learned from you even without stepping onto the field without even holding a gun and I think that speaks volumes you know as an educator as you know you become a mom and like all those different things I mean it 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 really transitions you to you know be able to move forward and keep teaching what you love and be able to kind of give that passion to other people because I mean I think hunting can be seen in different elements and so it is always seen in such a positive educational light then Mm -hmm. it'll always be seen that way um so what tell me about what you do here at cwa and what you do um as your job okay i am the warehouse operations manager and until that really it's kind of an umbrella i'm a wear many hats here yeah like a lot of other people do um but overall, I wrangle the cats or <laughs> the field reps, I guess you can call them. Yeah. But the faces that everybody sees at our banquets. So the fundraisers that are basically the breadwinners for the organization as far as fundraising goes, they bring in the money, they pay the bills, they keep the lights on. Yeah. Um, you know, they bring in all that money for conservation for all of our members who like to go to our events or our shoots or our golf tournaments or whatever else that we also um, provide as an organization. But I help facilitate that among a whole list of other people we work together um to support those guys so i bring in all the merchandise i work with our vendors i order new thing new hot items um i design the hats and clothing and work with um our corporate sponsors like banded sidka benelli and get all of that merchandise in for our field trips and for our listeners to make us money yeah, and I imagine that is super beneficial to not just the field reps, but kind of the overall picture for CWA. You know, without without you doing that, they can't do their stuff. And, you know, it's a whole circle oh, yeah. that can't even finish. I mean, I imagine, Tim, you know a lot of those certain things because, you know, you did um, – you had a heavy influence in all of that. You can't do it without a team. Cannot yeah. do it without a team, and the team is is the most important. And you know, the team starts at the office with your with Amelia, with Kurt in the warehouse. They have to get the orders in, get them done, get the merchandise, get them to us, so that we can show up for the game. Yeah, exactly. It's you a, know, it's there is no game. Sure. There is no game with without them. Yeah. And, um, you know, kind of going off of that, Tim, and, you know, you have just retired and, you know, I know that you spent a very long time um, here at CWA and being involved in hunting and kind of all those different things. How did you get involved with hunting? How did you get involved with CWA? I mean, how did you become 
a part of this organization and how was that transition to leaving? Because I imagine it wasn't an easy one at all. You know, being able to leave this organization probably was a, a tough pill to swallow because you've been with these people so long that they become family. They become, you know, brothers and sisters and, and family members to you. It was uh, going back first. I started as a young as a young child. I mean, I started six, seven, eight years old. And I hunted with my father and then from, you know, got, as I got older, then I started with other people and, you know, going out of state, and big game hunting and the waterfowl. And it's just, like I've said before, hunting is, you know, they say it gets in your blood. Well, it's more than getting in your blood. It's, it's, it's a lifestyle. It is a lifestyle. Like I stated up at convention for a lot of people that were not there is that when you think about it, we are all related to one word and that's honey. Whether it's in that office as a secretary who never picks up a gun, she's still related to hunting through the office. Right. And if you eat wild game, you're related to honey, whether you shot it or not. And so it's, we're all kind of related to the same thing and the word is hunting and you know and, and so i've been doing it this will be i figured the other day this will be my 57th year in the field wow so you know um when dove season opened that was my 57th year i called september 1st kind of the opening day of hunting seasons so i started when i was when i was little and then you know, so I've hunted all my life. I, I don't know any, like Amelia says, I got a lot of honeydews to do because <laughs> that's all I do is hunt. I mean, hunt and work. And yep. this job allowed me to do it. You know, the the job was very fortunate, fit right in what I do and it's what I do. How did you, you get know, involved the, with this job or, you know, your previous I job? have been involved with CWA as a member going back years with, with Ken, when Ken Peterson was there and... Then one day I, I th was talking to Kenny and he, they, I think they were looking for a field rep at the time. Scotty was there and I think Will Bear was there and they were looking for another field rep. So I said, you know, I'd be interested and uh, came up, talked to Ken and Bob McClandris was there at the time. And so we chatted a little bit and what I wanted and what they wanted. And, you know, and, and I had been a DU volunteer for for 15 years, I'd ran banquets. So I kind of knew what to do. I'd been a green wing chairman and everything. So they were kind of getting somebody that had experience from the fundraising standpoint from doing a banquet. So they, it's all history. Now, um, <laughs> March of 2000 is when I started. Oh, wow. So, you know, March of 2000, I took a leave of absence for a year, a million knows and then I came back. We couldn't and, keep them uh, away. <laughs> we couldn't keep them away. Yeah. I, I didn't like where I was and I, I came back. And so, you know, it's been a very good run. It, it's been a very good run. It's, it's, it was hard leaving. It was hard leaving from the office staff. But the other thing is the volunteers. You know, when you work with volunteers for 20 plus years, you're, you spend a lot of time with them. Yeah. A lot of time with them. And, you know, I've always said, you know, and this year was an exceptional year for me. And I, you know, I wrote an email to all my committees and my team at CWA and congratulated them on for doing, you know, in fundraising what nobody else has ever done. And I didn't do it by myself. Believe me, it was because of Amelia and her crew and all the committees that, you know, they get up, you know, the volunteer, I've always said the vo to work with volunteers, it's the toughest job in the world because you're asking somebody to give up their time, their money, their families, all of that to raise funds for us, us, the CWA, Ducks Unlimited, Rocky Mountain Health, Wild Turkey, whoever it is, and they're not getting paid. Yeah. They are doing it for free. And, you know, and especially today, 
when you've got volunteers like we do, that's why I've said we've all, we have the greatest volunteers that there is. Yeah. I mean, you know, when you think about being a volunteer, it's, you, you are giving up the time of your family, the time that you could spend going and hunting or, you know, doing whatever you want. But I think that that reels in the most appropriate volunteers, right? You know, that they don't mind spending that time, you know, giving, giving their time to this organization because they know that the long term it goes somewhere positive. It, it goes, mm-hmm. you know, goes to their kids. It goes to individuals. It goes to the, the company, the organization to continue on. And I think that that ends up being the best type of people that you want to have is volunteers. You know, they're not getting paid. There is no benefit for them other than the, the actual true, genuine, accurate benefit, which is that this organization gets to continue on and go for generations to come. It's and you, the passion. They, yeah. they, they have to have the passion. We all have the passion and that's what it is. You know, you could either, and I heard this, I mean, and it's very true. You could either be an investor or a consumer and our volunteers are all investors. They believe in it. They know what we do, what nonprofits do, um, you you know, and they, they're good. They're good. I mean, and I don't, whatever organization it may be, whether it's Rocky mountain elk, the Turkey DU, our folks, they're all doing it for the same reason. They believe in it. They're investing whether they hunt and, and we have volunteers that don't hunt. Absolutely. You know, yeah. we have volunteers that don't hunt, but they are investing in the future of conservation, waterfowl, and the kids, everything that comes with it. Yeah. Whether it's hunting or, you know, making wood duck boxes. I mean, the, the circle has to continue one way or another. So exactly. Um, you know, I think going off of that, Tim, um, You know, the CWA has a series of events, you know, throughout the season and opportunities to be in, you know, immersed in hunts or dinners, you know, and to make a difference through fundraisers. Um, How has being connected to a hunting nonprofit changed your way of hunting or the way that you speak on it? Because I know sometimes that being involved in a nonprofit and fundraising for it while you're still hunting can sometimes be different. How has that changed or has it changed? I don't think it's changed. I've always taught. I mean, I go back. I see I taught hunter safety for 30 years. Yeah. So I've been preaching the same, the same gospel for all these years, because when you're teaching hunter safety, you're going through the four steps of the hunter. You're going through the 10 commandments. You're, you're talking about right and wrong and, you know, and trying to instill that. And, you know, with CWA, I don't think that I've, it's changed anything. Um, it's changed anything. The, the one thing maybe is that, you know, you can talk to people and tell them they have to give back. They yeah. need to give back. You know, it's, it's not going to be there if everybody doesn't work together. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's, that's the biggest thing. We have a lot of consumers out there and we need more investors. CWA gives you a bigger audience, I think. Yeah. So maybe Yahoo was teaching before, but I think being at CWA to me, correct me if I'm wrong, gave you a bigger audience to reach more people and, and teach that. Well, you teach that and you have, you reach more people. And, and, you know, when you do dinners, as long as I have, Scotty has, Darren has, when Daniel was there, you see people, all over the all over the country you'll run into them and hey i know you you're, you're from cwa i came to your dinner and i look at them i say you know i see thousands of people just remind all oh, the contra costa crab feet oh yeah 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 okay <laughs> and so we talk and it brings what it what it does like in our world amelia amelia also is that all of a sudden you see somebody a long ways from home and you're on the same page. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're, you're on the same page, you know? So it's like my wife has said, she goes, he knows everybody, <laughs> you, you know, he knows everybody. He may not know their name, but he knows everybody. And cause you know, you're cause all you connected to these, hunting, you know, that you're that all one connected word. to hunting. It's, it's a, like, you, it's a small circle. Mm-hmm. It mean, is a small, it's a small circle and you don't, um, you don't realize how small that circle is 
until you're out in it. And this guy doesn't, you know, this guy knows that guy who knows that guy who knows that guy. And then it all comes back around. Oh yeah. I know, I know him. So it, um, it gives you a big audience. And would you say the same for you, Amelia, or how has, you know, kind of fundraising for hunting while you're a hunter and, you know, maybe on top of that, being a girl hunter, how has all those kind of things kind of immersed with one another and changed the way you look at it? Cause I mean, I think, you know, you didn't come from the immediate hunting background and then you got kind of into it as far as, you know, then you, your job and all the different things. I mean, how has that whole process happened? I mean, I imagine it's not always been a glamorous road. No, I definitely think as, and I can't speak for all women, but I think being a woman in this industry can have its, you know, challenges. There's, you know, there's pluses and negatives of, I guess, everything really. Yeah. But, um, I've had the opportunity to go to our events, go help out with, you know, if Timmy can't make it because he was in Idaho and I've, I ran, (laughs) you know, I've ran the Chico shoot. I've done some events for him. I've done some for the other guys as well. So I see firsthand our members, the people who are out there, you know, like you said, working for free, bringing money in with us, um, all the fundraising events that you just network with people, you know, you meet. You know, you like you said, you notice that small how small that circle is. Everybody knows everybody, so just everything's intertwined. So, just meeting people and especially during season, like the season, any season really. Yeah. Um. So, also they like there's a lot of give and take. So if you know, and Timmy knows this too, because there's different events that happen during, again, any any hunting season, whether that be dove season, you know, deer season, turkey, anything. Mm-hmm. So, you also have to know that with being a field rep, with being some of these guys or being in fundraising that you're going to lose out on some opportunities, but also you're going to gain the ability to build relationships with people that come new and exciting opportunities. With that being said, I've networked with so many people over the years, just being here that I've had so many different hunting opportunities. So yes, I go to his events. I will never say no to go to a fundraising event just because the opportunity to network with people and meet new people and establish myself and get opportunities to go on hunts and build relationships with people. And, you know, I talk to people every single day who have my personal cell phone number. Yeah. Whether that's 6 o'clock in the morning or even earlier on the way out to the blind or whatever it may be till 8, if not later, at nighttime. Just honestly talking about hunting, talking about work, <laughs> talking about what they're going on with CWA, what's going to happen here soon. And it's just the opportunity to network and meet these people, even if it has nothing to do with CWA. Just building relationships it, it's just, I think for me personally, especially being a girl, I've been able to build off of that because yeah. it's given me more opportunities to get into the field. So I just, you know, I, I try to build off of that as much as possible. Well, and I think, you know, kind of also in, in saying that, I mean, you know, since you didn't come from, you know, Tim, he grew up hunting. Yeah. And so you come into an industry of maybe people who have hunted their whole lives. And, you know, from the beginning when you started getting into hunting, getting into some day and all of those things. I mean, the more you connected yourself with people who do know a lot or, you know, you're going to go to this event and you're going to go mm-hmm. here. You want it like it's almost like it sounds as if you are you want to become educated in any way possible, whether that's connecting with people or networking mm-hmm. or learning here and there. I mean, the more things that you went to, I imagine you gained so much more information from. Absolutely. And I, I'm just... I think I try to surround myself by people that are typically older than I am yeah. that have more experience than I do that can teach me something. You know, yeah. you can only learn so much from books and school and everything else. But I think getting that hands-on experience for me real personally, life. yeah, real life experience, that hardcore getting your hands dirty, getting out there, learning how to call, learning how to, you know, shoot a gun properly, learning how to do all these things. You know, it takes time, but yeah. just networking, building those relationships and having those relationships be people that you can count on to teach you the mm-hmm. right way. Um, and you guys all stand for the same cause. You all stand for organizations like CWA. You know, it just, it's helped me, I think, become a better hunter and learn a lot more than, you know, like I talk to you about all the time. There's little yeah. things that you have questions about and it's it just, it's exciting because there's not, so, there's, I think there might be one other female hunter that she just started uh, hunting maybe last year. Here, but other than that, female-wise in the office, I'm, I'm it. That's it. 
So no, I remember from the very beginning, I remember Brad telling me, Hey, Amelia is going to be who you need to go to. If you have any hunting questions, I was like, okay, I'll just ask her everything. I mean, that's fine. Open doors. If I can answer it, I'll answer it. If not, I will get you the person who can answer it properly. See, but I think that that is really important. You know, sometimes I think people get carried away and thinking that they know all. And oh, yeah. there's been so many times where you're like, I don't know, let's, you know, let's go ask. Oh, I'm not going to pretend like I know everything <laughs> because, you know, there's regulations to every species you're going to hunt. So if there's something I want to tell you wrong, I'd rather not. I'd rather, yeah. you know, I'm not going to tell you bad information. I'll tell you what exactly I know. If I don't know it, let's go find out together because I also want to know. Like, yeah, I, mean, I don't know, I want to know. <laughs> just before the podcast, Tim, I asked her, I was like, okay, so, cause you know, there, there's like a little, a bunch of turkeys that walk around the office. And I said, okay, well, every turkey that is a, you know, a male turkey have a beard. And she said, not always. And I was <laughs> like, oh my gosh. Cause you know, I'm trying to learn. So she said, not always. And that sometimes, you know, they will have a beard and whatever. But, um, I think, you know, being, being transparent to the learner, to the audience is really nice. Mm-hmm. But it also reaffirms what you do know. Yeah. And then that helps you continue to educate also. I mean, I I learn so much from you. I ask you all the time about <laughs> birds and their feathers and just whatever. And it's just, exciting to learn new stuff. I remember like when I first got into it and like I wanted to know everything, like flight like flight patterns and what's what birds sound like what, what their feathers look like, what you know, what <laughs> specifies a female to a male, like in all the species, not just birds, but it's just exciting to know. So like when people ask me. I understand like the eagerness and the excitement to learn. So I'm like, well, I'm going to let you know what I know. And if not, let's figure it out together. Let's learn more together. So it's just exciting getting, you know, somebody new and excited to also learn. So, yeah. And I mean, and that's kind of why I try to be the the neutral balance between everything is like, okay, you're going to say a, a, a Jake mm-hmm. or, or, you know, or a Drake. And I'm going to go, okay, what is that? Yeah. Let me know. And then, because who knows who the audience can be, who who our listeners are, and if they're new hunters or they're well-experienced hunters, it then reaffirms that we do know what we're talking about and and or we want to educate the future. And I think that that all then kind of circles back to fundraising and being able to make sure that this podcast gets to continue yeah. and that, Amelia, you get to be still a voice that is listened to. And Tim, you continue to be somebody that we look up to and we want to have on the podcast because you're such a such a, a light that, um, you know, I learned so much just from being around you. And I only got to see you a handful of times. Well, I appreciate that. And, <laughs> and you know what Amelia says about the learning? Even an old man like me, I learn every day. I mean, right. When I'm in the field fundraising, hunting, whatever. Life is learning. If you're not learning, you're dying. That's right. And, you know, it's, I mean, all the years, believe me, a lot of the tricks of the trade that I have, I didn't, I didn't make them up in my mind. I found them. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I used, I stole them from other places or people or whatever. And you have to learn. Yeah. And, you know, and the relationships, what she said about the relationships with people, that is the key that it is probably you know everybody thinks about hunting as killing and the killing is the end result of the hunting you have to hunt before you kill and the relationships the people that you meet the eating the drinking the talking everything that goes with on everybody, with everybody yeah it, with everything at fundraising dinners i mean you know, at fundraising dinners, that's what—that's why they're there. Everybody wants to talk. They have the same passion. They're there to talk. I remember I used to look forward to the Petaluma dinner every year because Coach Seifert would be there. George Seifert from the 49ers. He came every year. That's awesome. And we never talked about ducks. We <laughs> always talked about big game. Hey, Coach, what you what'd you shoot this year? And he'd show me a picture of a of an elk or a ram or something, and we had that. Here's the here's a Hall of Fame coach, and he and I are in the same room, and it we're talking about honey. It brings everybody you know. together, you know that one word. Um, so kind of going with that, and you know the dinners and everything, you know, um, I'm I just I joined CWA in April, and so I'm still getting familiar with all the different ways, you know, we fundraise. I mean. 
So kind of turning this on to you, Tim, what are the different fundraising efforts that CWA does? You know, I know dinners are the big ones, but what are some of the other ones that we do? Well, we, we have our dinners, which are bread and butter, but there's, there's lots of things. You know, we have shoots. We have sporting clay shoots. I know the other day that the Chico guys and gals started a uh, bunko. Oh, yeah. They did a, a, ladies, did a ladies bunko day. Yeah, something kind of different. Um, you know, it's still, it's still with the shoots, the dinners, um, special raffles, the prize bash, just different things like that. It's, it just gives everybody something to do. You know, at the dinners, it's not just go show up, buy a raffle ticket, uh, eat a meal and, and go home. We have the live off. You have games, you have different items. Um, some dinners have, you know, better items than others. Some have less, some have more. It just, it, it's just so there's so much stuff out there. There's so much stuff out there. And I think our dinners, I've been to dinners here in Idaho and <laughs> I have to say our dinners are a lot better ran and a lot more fun. Our dinners are fun, you know, um, from everything, from our auctioneer to the raffle girls, to the committees, to everybody. It's our, I mean, I, I've always summed it up. It's our Super Bowl. <laughs> the Super Bowl gets played one night a year. Well, we have Super Bowls about 52 weeks yeah. a year. <laughs> yep. You know, there is a Super Bowl going on somewhere. And um, that's how I've always thought. That's why it's so fun. And without those dinners, I mean, things would, it, I mean, would they cease to exist? Yeah, they you keep know? the lights on. <laughs> I mean, is that kind without of the volunteers? And again, going back to there's where your relationships with your volunteers comes into play. You have to have good volunteers, volunteers that you know are going to get the job done. And it starts with the chairmans. The chairmans are first, and then it goes down the line from there. And I had a few years back, even before I moved, I had one dinner chairman. He was going to have a committee meeting. And I said, you want me to come up? He goes, if I need you here to run my committee meeting, I'm not doing what I was supposed to be doing. And I said, That's fair. you let yeah. me know. I said, fair enough. You let me know when you need help. Other than that, I won't bother you. And, you know, and Amelia tell you, I've had a couple dinner chairmen that when Christine was there and now Crystal, they don't even talk to Tim. <laughs> they talked straight to those gals and they said, you just make sure Tim does his job, order the <laughs> merchandise, get the merchandise and make sure he's here. Yep. He says, other than that, we don't need to talk to him. And that's fair. Do you know what? Hey, it's, it's, it's that, that's a relationship. Absolutely. That's a relationship because they know I'm going to do my end. They're going to do their end. And crystal or, or now it's crystal is going to do her end. And, that's it. Mm -hmm. I mean, you, you mentioned know. earlier about like it's a team process. And, you know, if you looked at like a football team, baseball team, in order to win the championship, everyone has to be able to do their job and be able to show up. And you have to trust one another that someone else is. And, um, you know, kind of with that, you don't second guess that someone else is showing up or this or that. You just have to trust that they're doing their job. And I think that, that just makes a well-oiled machine for everyone around you. And that's it, probably why the dinners are so great. That's, that's what I mean. I exactly, you have to have, a, <laughs> you know, Michael Jordan doesn't win all those championships without Scottie Pippen, that's Dennis right. Rodman, Steve Kerr, Joe Montana doesn't win championships without Jerry Rice or Ronnie Lott. Um, right. it, it just, you know, even Tiger Woods, he doesn't win them all without a good coach and a good caddy. There you go. Right. Everyone needs so somebody. You have to have a team. Everybody needs somebody. Yeah. I mean, you know, kind of in that same aspect, I mean, without the dinners, you know, things would kind of cease to exist. I mean, without things in the warehouse being able to be organized and needing to get out there for the FORs and things, I mean, that would also cease to exist. I mean, how how does, you know, the products in the warehouse impact CWA as an organization and like your role? 
directly. Like yeah. that's like I said earlier, it's a bread and butter. Take COVID for instance. Mm-hmm. Everything was shut down. Nobody's making money. We're a nonprofit hunting organization. <laughs> We've got to come up with something somehow, somewhere now. Yeah, to keep the lights on. We got to keep it going. And I, Timmy, you, you know, he can vouch for this. That was on the field reps. Yeah, they had to bring the money in. <clears throat> they can't do their job without me doing mine. Right. Without my team doing theirs. Without Crystal in her office and her team doing her job. We all work together. We all bring that product in. We all bring, you know, the best stuff we can get, what the hardest things that are on the market to make us the most money. We build those relationships to get those people in. They, Our members and our committee members and staff and stuff, they know what we stand for, and we all stand together doing it. Yeah, We cannot do it, and we Tim and I cannot express this enough, we cannot do it without one another. There's so many people, and a lot of our – a lot of our committee members and a lot of our members who do go to these dinners don't see us in the office. We're just kind of yeah. behind the curtain. You see the field reps. You, that's the face of CWA. A lot of people get you know their contact. So they don't necessarily see us. But, again, the field reps cannot go out and do their job and be successful at their job without Crystal, myself, Caitlin, you know, the warehouse staff, us busting our butt and doing our jobs here. You know, Come October, we, I think, have eight or nine events plus September and, you know, everybody, we're getting, we're hitting the ground running. So if we are not trusting with our other staff and the other people we're working with and knowing that they're going to be doing their job correctly, it just snowballs, you know, it, yeah. get, it can get ugly really fast. You know, so if we didn't step up like in COVID, if we didn't step up and they didn't step up and do what they needed to do to raise those funds, you know, who's to it say just, we wouldn't be here anymore. Yeah. It just impacts the next year uh, yeah. and, and things like that. And I mean, it's, after all, it is kind of like show business. I mean, yeah. the show must go on it, yeah, it does. one way or another. I mean, and I mean, you mentioned so many people don't even don't know us. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, there was an individual that came in like a week or so ago and I was like, what in the world? Like, because yeah. it's such a strange aspect. If you think about it, there's so many members, there's so many volunteers, there's so many people that are so delved into CWA, but yet they don't they don't they aren't connected to the actual internalness of mm-hmm. what CWA kind of keeps going as much as they are also those people that yeah. keep C- CWA going and like new products i mean people are always wanting new hats and new shirts and we get and- phone calls with <laughs> recommendations all the all the time so i'm sure give, coming up with new ideas of what's hot in the market and doing my research on you know what sells what's good is just only a fraction or a little like ounce of my job. So trying to oh get that God, going yeah. and talking to our members. And that's why I think going to fundraising events and like different outreach programs that we do is so important for my job because yeah. I get to talk to those people, hear their opinions, see what they want to see in the coming years. What's going to make us money. I have to listen to other people, what they want, yeah. what they want to see. They're the one that's spending the money. So I yeah. need to get their intake or their input on what they want to see out there, what they want to spend their money on. Because at the end of the day, they're the ones writing the check. Yeah, and I mean, all of this is for them kind of at the end of the day if yeah. you think about it. I mean, as much as, you know, we do enjoy ourselves like a nice hat or a shirt every now and again, you know, enjoying the luxuries of what CWA brings, um, it's for them. You know, it's cool to go. I went to concert in the Clays, and I'm looking around, and I'm seeing all the retro camo hats that individuals have bought, and I'm like, dang, like that is so cool. Those just came out like not that long mm-hmm. ago, and that just shows you how much like – it could be a hat that is not well liked. People will buy it because they love what CWA stands for. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and I think, I think you know, fundraising for this organization can be easy, and you know, um, there are elements that can be simple as far as you know the dinners or the the fundraising. But I imagine that there's a lot of difficulties that come on to that. I mean, I imagine both of you guys can speak to that. What are some of the difficulties that come with? Fundraising for a hunting-based nonprofit. The economy. <laughs> the market. So, oh, yeah. you know, like if, if people are hurting, we're hurting. Yeah. If they don't want to spend. Yeah, everybody wants to do it for the ducks. Everybody wants to, you know, spend money where they can, support us how they can. But it, sometimes it's hard. Money's yeah. tight. You know, we can't. We're, again, a nonprofit organization. So we get money when people get money, when they're, you know, there's extra yeah. When they're willing to support us when they can. Not, you know, not everybody can all the time. So I think, Timmy, you could attest to this too. There's yeah. some dinner sometimes that some years do great or record-breaking. In other years, they get hit a little bit harder. So it's yeah. just, I think, Timmy, correct me if I'm wrong, I think it really depends too on the economy, what people, you know, 
what yeah. the world's looking like is that's true yeah it's it can be difficult e- economy economy and the other thing dylan that it goes back to is the volunteers mm-hmm. you know the yeah. toughest thing about fundraising is to find the next volunteer yeah yeah all right next who's generation. gonna give back i mean we have volunteers we have volunteers that have been there since I've been there. All right. They were there for 23 years. Um, they're still there. They're not going to, they're going to get old like me. They're not going to be there much longer. We need to find that investor. We need to find that person that wants to be on a committee that wants to raise funds that wants to keep the organization going. And this is all organizations. I mean, not just us, but this is how it has to work. And, you know, you have, I've, I've heard it so much, you know, well, I just don't have time. I, I, I can't, I don't have time or whatever. I said, well, then if you don't have time, did you want to sell your guns? Yeah. Well, what do you mean? Well, if you don't have time to help and put back, how do you have time to go hunting? Yeah, right. Oh, well, well I have, well, that's different. Yeah, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> well, Pump the let brakes. me see here. How is it different? Because you have to start in order to finish. And if you don't have time to start, then again, you go back to that consumer mentality. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's, I think one, the, the difficulties with fundraising is finding the next generation of volunteers because it has to continue. Yeah. And so would you say that that is, yeah, kind of one of the important parts of why these events should still exist is being able to continue that ideation of, you know, if you want hunting to exist, you have to be able to give back. You have to be able to volunteer. You have to be able to keep that balance. It's, it's the most important because if you don't have your volunteers, you don't have dinners. And, you know, I heard I heard this the other day a guy on a, it was on a podcast and he made the comment, the animals we chase don't have voices. They can't talk. They can't say, you know, Hey, we're coming and there's no water in lower Klamath. Um, we're migrating out of the Hills and there's no grass down for the winter, you know, at the winter range, we are their voice and the volunteers, it's the most important because that's the blood. That's the blood that keeps the heart pumping. It's the future of everything because you've got guys that have been gals. You know, I have lady, I have lady chairs also. And, you know, been there 20 years, 22 years. Well, sooner or later, they're going to retire. And where's that next? Who's next? We're working on it. Yeah. I'll tell you what, we've got some new, young, fresh guys in here and, the start of building those younger committees, you know, those, you know, we're dipping into those call it different colleges and surrounding areas and working yeah. with Aiden, who's our new field rep. And he's young, he's, you know, 20, 22, 23. And he's just trying to reach out and branch out to that younger generation. And we're starting to pile those. Like Timmy said, everybody's retiring. They're not going to be here forever, you know? So we need to be able to dip in for that future generation. And I think Aiden's just really you, trying to get after it. You know, using, using another one. And I always use sports analogies because I think they work the best, but, <laughs> They do. And he's hot right now. I mean, you look at what Dion said when he when Dion went to Colorado, he says, We're coming. Yeah. yeah. He says, We're coming. Take me serious. We're coming. Well, you know what? He may lose the rest of his games, but he's coming. Yeah. And we need volunteers. We need him to come. Yep. So they need to start coming now. So Tim Amelia say, you know, I wasn't connected with CWA or even if I am, if I wanted to be a volunteer, how do, how do I do that? Where, who do I contact or like, what's the first step for me to be able to be involved? Pick the phone up, give us a call, you know, nine times out of 10, you get a phone call, you get into CWA, you know, whether it's one of our office staff, we're going to, somebody's going to get you in the right direction. Okay. No, we'll, we'll pinpoint where you're coming from. You know, if you're in one of Timmy's area in Timmy's area and you want to work and help Timmy out or you want to ban ducks, we're going to give you a call to, to Brian Huber. You know, we'll, we'll pass along who you need to talk to and to get the ball rolling yeah, to set you up. Yeah. In whichever direction yeah. I want to volunteer with, yeah. whether it's conservation or the dinners or hunting or the yeah. kids camps. I mean, exactly. That's the key there, Dylan. Amelia's a hundred percent right. Is that maybe they don't want to be on a committee. 
okay, but they like banding ducks. Mm-hmm. Great. We'll call Hughes. Talk yeah. to Hughes. Um, they love kids. They want to teach. All right. You have youth programs. They want to go out and guide. You know, they want to give up some of their time and, and hey, I want to guide. I want to guide new hunters. Yeah. Well, we have all those opportunities and pick up the phone, see us at fundraisers or see us anywhere around the streets. I mean, we're all the field reps are there. John Carlson's out there. Scotty's out there. Jake's out there. Brad Jones. We have people, our biologists, you know, um, there, there's a lot of ways that they can volunteer, not just on a fundraiser. And even, you know, on fundraising, there's some people that are, well, I don't hunt. Okay. But do you believe in conservation? Do you believe in the kids? Do you believe in the ladies? Well, yeah. All right. Then that's fine. Cause I, I've always heard, you know, what's well, for the ducks, for the ducks, stop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not for the ducks. It's for the whole program. Yeah. We do a lot more than just ducks. And, you know, I mean, duck season is from October to January. It's three months. It's what we do in the nine, other nine months that yeah. make up for everything. Um, and I think, you know, I, I've learned a lot from you, Tim, as far as, you know, your speech from convention and, you know, just from knowing you, you know, you're, like I said, you're such an insight. Um, and so I, I want to know from your retirement after you've left this organization, reflecting on this organization and following your recent retirement, what has been the most important or special part of your job that you've, uh, that you've realized? The people, Yeah. <laughs> the, the people you can't, you can't ever replace them. You know, the, the people, whether it's, and it's all people, it's the office, it's the volunteers, it's businesses, going into a restaurant, going into the sporting goods store. Um, it, it's not just what, it's the people. It, it's the people because, you know, my life from being young has has been surrounded. It's been by hunting. Yeah. I mean, hunting has been, you know, some people play golf, some people drive race cars. Um, mine has been hunting. It's been the outdoors, but leaving it's, it's the people, it's the people. Cause you don't talk to them. Uh, maybe every month or a couple months, you know, even though I've only been gone a month, it, it, <laughs> it's the people Dylan. Um, you know, we can't laugh about the disco ball and you know, I don't, I don't talk to you, but you know, so no, it's the, it's the people in all seriousness, it comes down to, Cause I'm a people person. Yeah, you are. I mean, I'm a people person. All right. And I'll talk to anybody. I don't care who's on the street corner. I'll talk to anybody because you know what? <laughs> like Amelia said earlier, you don't know what you're going to learn by just talking to somebody. Yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah. You can always learn and you never know what you're going to learn. Yeah. And you can never know too many people. Nope. As much as, you know, people say, oh, I've known, I'm, I've known enough people. And we joked about that even yesterday. And it's like, no, you actually can. I didn't know any of you guys before I moved here. And now I'm thankful that I moved here and I know you now, you know, I mean, you can never know too many people. And, um, and I think even me getting involved in this organization and learning about hunting, even though I didn't come from a hunting background and I, all I did know was that I really loved animals and how bad could being involved with an organization that really likes animals be? So, um, what do you guys see the future looking like? I mean, whether it's hunting from, you know, a hunter standpoint or just, and, and, you know, look, looking at for the kids of the future. I mean, how does that look like for you guys? I think looking at, I mean, obviously I'm pregnant, but I think the future is the children. I think passing on what generations and generations did before us to this next generation and the generations to come after is the most important thing, you know, continuing the work we do today, the continuing the work Timmy did before us, you know, just standing as an organization and instilling those values that we believe as an organization in the future generation. I think that's the most important, like to me, I think that's important. You know, it's one of the most important things I think. And just teaching what we can, the knowledge that we have to the generations to come. I don't know about you, Timmy, but I mean, you have a granddaughter. You know what? Obviously, Pepe might not hunt, but 
you know, she knows she she learns things from Timmy all the time. Whether it's you know, I imagine you just look at your parents or whether they've hunted or not hunted. But there's certain things that you learn from people you're surrounded by, and I just think good or bad. It, yeah. you're learning something, you're picking something up, but just getting that new generation to instill the same values or understand, even just understand yeah. where we're coming understanding from. Understanding is yeah. important. Yeah. So just understanding and this world, you know, crazy, but just picking up some of the things that we can and those values for that next generation to come, I think is just really important overall. Yeah. It's, it's going to be a tough road. Mm -hmm. It's going to be rough because we still have a lot of people out there that don't get it. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes we do a poor job of explaining it to them. Um, Cause like you said, Dylan, you came cause you like animals. <laughs> well, if you like animals, how can you kill them? Yeah. And you know, that's a hunter and that, but man was a hunter man started out hunting. That's how man survived was by hunting. And, you know, people need to understand that chocolate milk doesn't come from a brown cow. <laughs> hamburgers Wait a don't, minute, hamburgers <laughs> don't come from, yeah. <laughs> hamburgers don't come from McDonald's. Yeah. You know, um, there's a place that they come from. And I think that majority of the people that, that are not against hunting, they just need to be educated. Mm -hmm. yeah. And, I think we have to educate them. And like I've said, you have to teach the kids, but we have to do a better job of saving it for the kids. Yeah. The kids will only have a few. Amelia's baby will only have a future if Tim, Dylan, and Amelia do their job. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the only <laughs> way the children, you know, uh, my granddaughter and, and anybody else that's young, is going to have a future yeah. is that we have to save it for them. We have to yeah. educate the public, you know, um, whether it be guns, whether it be hunting. I mean, our circle is, is narrowing. There, yeah, there's no yeah. doubt. Now on the positive side of that, when COVID hit, all of a sudden people realized, well, you know what? I can go out and hunt for my food. I can go out and <laughs> catch my food. And, a lot of people, all of a sudden, we had a spark. Yeah. We and lit a fire so, for sure. you know, we lit a fire. We, we, lit a, we lit a fire during COVID. So there is some positive that came out of it. We lit that fire and we just have to continue that fire. But education is, is the biggest thing. Um, and the one thing that, that I found over the years, and Amelia will attest to that, is by cooking. Yeah. Uh -huh. You know, you can get an ant to somebody that doesn't like hunting and all of a sudden you serve them up something they've never had and it's good. Yeah. Oh, I know. They'll new. keep coming. <laughs> They'll keep coming. Hey, that, John, you know, yep, John Carlson's pheasant enchiladas are, yes. those are so <laughs> nice. <laughs> yep. So, you know, I mean, we laugh about it, but that is a way. That That is a way that you can get, educate people that, you know, and I, I, I know, I mean, I get off on tangents, but it's, I laugh because for years, everybody talks about organic, organic, well, organic this, organic that. There's nothing more organic than hunting and fishing. Yep, absolutely. I mean, that's where it is. I mean, yeah. that's, that's as organic yeah, as, yeah. as you're going to get is from, from the to wild, table. from field to table, um, you know, and you look at Hank Shaw, Scott Laysath. I mean, the chefs that are out there that, that prepare and, and some of those recipes, I mean, it's phenomenal. Mm -hmm. It's abs. And that's how you educate people. That was, I think, one of my favorite things was like becoming, like finding recipes and things that work and like some things you don't need a doctor up whatsoever. A little bit yeah. of bread, a little bit of butter and garlic, salt, pepper, a little pan sear and you're good. But, yeah. you know, some things you want to doctor up a little bit more, make fancy, but a lot of the times, nine times out of ten, throw it on a on a skillet with a little butter and call it good. But yeah, it's different for everybody. Not everybody likes that gamey taste, depending on what it is, obviously. But you just, you cater to the the flavors. You can make I it mean, turn into a little I've, bit of salt, I've pepper, ate you know, a whatever. Few dinners but, at your house, yeah. and I've enjoyed every single one of them. Like this is great. <laughs> good, I'm glad. <laughs> but yeah, the kitchen well, I think is just a people, part. Now, when they come to my house, they go, "Okay, what are we getting this yeah. night?" I, just, I don't know, but you just 
just take a bite of it. If you don't like it, then, you know, I'll give you a hot dog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But hot dogs. No, I think going back to it, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a rough, it's going to be a tough road, but the organization can withstand it. The hunting community can withstand it because we've withstood it for years and years and years. And, you know, you have to remember that hunting is a privilege. Absolutely. It's not a right. They can take it away at any time, but that circle is pretty darn strong. Yeah. But that knowledge too should light a fire with you anyways. Just knowing it's not yours always, you know, yeah. something you got to stand up and fight for. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I want to thank you guys both for being on the podcast. I think both of your insights on so many different topics can only educate and further hunting and, you know, everything involved with it, whether it be fundraising or, you know, just straight from food to table and all those different things. And absolutely our kids are the future. So thank you so much for being on today and sharing your knowledge. Thank you very much. And uh, keep me in the loop. You got it, We'll talk soon. My name is Carson. Thanks for watching the Save It for the Blind podcast here at the CWA Roseville headquarters. You can find this podcast at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever podcasts are found.